Amen. It's the mansions he's going to prepare. You know, I've heard a couple of preachers in my lifetime saying that word mansion just means rooms. <laughs> Do you ever see a mansion look like a room, Dave? <laughs> you know, a mansion has lots of rooms. Uh, it's quite elaborate. Anyway, 1 Samuel chapter 25. Good to see you in the house of the Lord this evening. 1 Samuel 25. You know, men are spoken of more prominent in the Bible than women, but the Bible does speak about women tonight, so we're going to look at a woman tonight, and that is Abigail. 1 Samuel 25, and I'm going to start reading at verse 21. It says, There was a man in Maon whose possessions were in Carmel, and the man was very great. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. She was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance, but the man was curlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep. David sent out ten young men, and David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel, and go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus shall you say to him that liveth in prosperity, Peace be both to thee, and peace be to thine house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. And now I have heard that thou hast shearers, and thy shepherds were with us, and we hurt them not, neither was there aught missing unto them, all the while they were in Carmel. Ask thy young men, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thine eyes, for we come in a good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thine hand, unto thy servants, and to thy son David. When David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all these words, in the name of David, and ceased. Nabal answered David's servants, said, Who is David, and who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away from every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread, and my water, and my flesh, that I have killed for my shears, and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? So David's young men turned their way and went again, and came and told him all those sayings. And David said unto his men, Gird ye on every man his sword, and they girded on every man his sword. And David also girded on his sword, and there went up after David about four hundred men, and two hundred abode by the stuff. One of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. But the men were very good unto us, and we were not hurt, neither wished me anything as long as we were conversant with them when we were in the fields. They were a wall unto us both day, by night and day, all the while we were with them keeping the sheep. Now therefore know and consider what thou wilt do, for evil is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a son of Belial that a man cannot speak to him. Then Abigail made haste, and took two hundred loaves, and two bottles of wine, and five sheep ready dressed, and five measures of parched corn, and a hundred clusters of raisins, and two hundred cakes of figs, and laid them on asses. And she said unto her servants, Go on before me, behold, I come after you. She told not her husband Nabal. It was so as she rode on the ass, that she came down by the covert of the hill. And behold, David and his men came down against her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain have I kept all that this fellow hath in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him, and he hath required me evil for good. 
So and more also do God unto the enemies of David, if I leave of all that pertain unto him, by the morning light any that pisseth against the wall. And when Abigail saw David, she hasted and lighted off the ass, and fell before David on her face, and bowed herself to the ground, and fell at his feet, and said, Upon me, my lord, upon me let this iniquity be, and let mine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience, and hear the words of thine handmaid. Let not, my lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, thine handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord, whom thou didst send. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, seeing the Lord hath withholden thee from coming to shed blood, from avenging thyself with thine own hand, now let thine enemies and they that seek evil to my Lord be as Nabal. Now this blessing which thine handmaid hath brought unto my Lord, let it even be given unto the young men that follow my Lord. I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fighteth the battles of the Lord, and evil hath not been found in thee all thy days. Yet a man is risen up to pursue thee, and to seek thy soul. But the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God. And the souls of thine enemies, them shall he sling out, as out of the middle of a sling. And it shall come to pass, and the Lord shall have done to my Lord, according to all the good that he has spoken concerning thee, shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel. That this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of heart unto my Lord, either that thou hast shed blood causeless, or that my Lord hath avenged himself. When the Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord, then remember thine handmaid. And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee unto this day to meet me. And blessed be thy advice, and blessed be thou, which hast kept me this day from coming to shed blood, from avenging myself with mine own hand. For in very deed, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, which hath kept me back from hurting thee, except thou hast hasted and come to meet me, surely it had not been left unto Nabal by the morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. So David received of her hand that which she had brought him, and said unto her, Go up in peace to thine house. See, I have hearkened to thy voice, and have accepted thy person. And Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he had held a feast in his house, like the feast of a king, and Nabal's heart was merry within him. For he was very drunken, wherefore she told him nothing less or more until the morning light. It came to pass in the morning when the wine was going out of Nabal, and his wife had told him of these things, that his heart died within him, and he became as a stone. It came to pass about ten days after that the Lord smote Nabal, and he died. And when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord, that hath pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal, hath kept his servant from evil. For the Lord hath returned the wickedness of Nabal upon his own head. And David sent and communed with Abigail to take her to him to wife. And when the servants of David were come to Abigail to Carmel, they spake unto her, saying, David sent us unto thee to take thee to him to wife. And she arose and bowed herself on, herself on her face to the earth, and said, Behold, let thine handmaid be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. And Abigail hasted and rose and rode upon an ass with five damsels of hers that went after her, and she went after the messengers of David and became his wife. So the title of the message tonight, Good Understanding the Cause of Joy. Good Understanding the Cause of Joy. You know, the psalmist said in Psalm 111, verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all that they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. 
Proverbs 13, 15 says, Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressors is hard. Your good understanding is the cause of joy. So let's pray and look at this. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have to look into your word tonight. We thank you for this example, this testimony of this woman who had good understanding and a beautiful countenance. And I pray that you would uh, challenge our hearts as we consider um, the, her characteristics that made her this kind of a person and that brought glory and honor to you and served her Lord, King David. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, the Bible says here, you know, it gives us an account about Nabal. This is, of course, during David's fleeing from Saul, running from Saul. He was in uh, exile. And he had kept, he had been like a guard uh, to Nabal. Nabal was a very great man. You know, this says that in verse 2. He's a very great man. 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats. So he had a vast, you know, he was a, a very... Um, large operation for those days and of course that would take a lot of manpower to protect it from predators uh, sheep are sheep are uh, very susceptible to predators and uh, even more so than goats goats are as well but anyway so but and david and his men uh, were in that area and and they had kept they were like a guard to nabal's belongings i mean they they protected it you know, day and night, and 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 so, but it says that he was a wicked man. But he had a wife uh, whose name was Abigail. Her that means her, her her name means joy or cause of joy, and and so you know you have this you know man and and she was a woman. The Bible says in verse three, a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. But the man was curlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. So she was a woman of good understanding and a beautiful countenance. She was a, she was a beautiful woman, but she also had good understanding. That word understanding means prudence or simply good sense. She had just good sense. She was a woman of good sense. Now, to help us understand this word understanding, I want you to notice how it's translated in some other places. Proverbs 16.22, understanding is a wellspring. Of life, so understanding then is like a fountain that brings forth fresh water. It's refreshing. It gives life. Uh, it's pleasant. So it's a wellspring of life unto him that hath it. But the instruction of fools is folly, and that's Nabal. By the way, his name means folly. He means foolish. Uh, in Proverbs twelve verse eight, a man shall be commended according to his. Wisdom. It's the same Hebrew word as understanding here in 1 Samuel 25 and verse 3. So wisdom. She, she was a wise woman. She had good sense. Just good sense. And as we think about that, uh, and, and considering her situation, you know, she was a woman or retained good understanding in a difficult relationship. Now, verse 2 and 3 again says, there was a man and a man whose possessions were in Carmel. The man was very great. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. He was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now, the name of the man was Nabal, name of his wife, Abigail. She was a woman of good understanding, a beautiful countenance. But the man was curlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. 
Now, the first question you might ask is, if she was a woman of good understanding, what was she doing with a man like Nabal? Good question. How did she get such a guy? Well, many times in those days, marriages were arranged. And, and sometimes they were arranged before the kids were marrying age. So, you know, she might have been arranged to marry this guy when she was seven. Now, she may not have actually married him until he was 18 or 20, you know, because the custom was for Jewish, they, you know, they would arrange a marriage, and then the man would go and build a house in preparation. That was, that was the custom of the, of the Jews. So, uh, so often they were arranged, and, and, you know, think about it. He's of good lineage, the house of Caleb. I mean, wouldn't you like to marry somebody from the house of Caleb? You think about Caleb, the man who wholly followed the Lord his God. Says it five times in the Bible. A great man of faith. A man who is willing and ready to fight the Lord's battles. So he was in a family of strong characters, you might say. However, that character must be tempered by the kindness and love of God. Or it will be ruthless. It can, it, it can become ruth, ruthless without the love of God. It can devolve into meanness and self-centered monster, which was Nabal. The word curlish means severe things that, of language. Um, it means to speak, speak roughly. In Genesis 42, 7, speaking there of Joseph, says, Joseph saw his brethren, he knew them, but he made himself strange to them, and he spake roughly. In other words, he spake curlish to them. He spoke like a, he was mad and angry and, you know, and mean. He spoke mean to them. You know, of course, he was testing them. In 1 Samuel 20 and verse 10, you know, David had made a, or Jonathan had made a covenant with David, and, and, uh, and David, uh, uh, Saul had cast a javelin at David, and Saul, Jonathan was unaware of it. And, and so they had a meeting, and, and, and then said, David to Jonathan, who shall tell me? Now, who, who's going to tell me if your father is angry and out to kill me? And, and, uh, and, and he said unto him, thou, uh, or what if thy father answer thee roughly? And that's the word curlish, translated curlish. And did Saul answer him roughly? Well, First Samuel 20, verse 30 says that he called Jonathan the son of a perverse, rebellious woman. Yeah, he spoke roughly. He spoke curlish uh, to him. And so, so, but despite of all this, Abigail was a woman of good understanding. She retained her wisdom. She retained her, her relationship with God. Uh, she, had, she had understanding or insight into the times. Look at verse 10 and 11. It says, Nabal answered, and I'm going to look at a contrast here. Nabal answered David's servant said, Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed from my shears and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? Now that was Nabal's response. But look at Abigail, how Abigail sees this in verse 28. She says, I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house. Because my Lord fighteth the battles of the Lord, and evil hath not been found in thee all thy days, yet a man is risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul. 
But the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God. And the souls of thine enemies, them shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. And it shall come to pass, and the Lord shall have done to my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning thee. And shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel, that there shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of heart unto my Lord. Either that thou hast shed blood codless, or that my Lord hath avenged himself. When thy Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord, then remember thine handmaid. Now why is it that Nabal cannot see or understand that David's been anointed king? By Samuel the prophet. That it was David who would go out for Saul and fight with the Philistines and, and defeat them. And, and, and the people rejoiced. Of course, he became jealous because they said David has slain his, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. But he was a, he was a faithful servant of the king. There was no evil found in him. And yet he was hunted like there was. Why did Abigail know that and Nabal doesn't seem to? You know, it wasn't a secret that David had faithfully served Saul. And it wasn't a secret that Samuel had anointed him to be the next king. It wasn't a secret that Saul was jealous and seeking to kill David. Unjustly. That was no secret. It was no secret that Saul had had all the priests killed. Think about it. You know, you think that wasn't maybe shocking to the nation when they found out Doag, Saul's servant, by Saul's command, killed all the priests of the Lord. You know, we've we've experienced and heard some shocking some things that are that surprise us and are kind of shocking in our nation in the last several years but can you think about you know lining up you know all the 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 preachers and killing them the lord's priests what would that what wouldn't that create rumblings rumblings through the nation of israel this is what the king did it would also create distrust of the administration of Saul. Because you would think, okay, uh, I better be careful what I do or I might be next. You know? Sounds like our day we're living in, doesn't it? Anyway, you know, this, this was no secret. But the question is, so why did, why did Abigail understand that David was the Lord's anointed, and he had been chosen to be the next king, and Nabal did not. Again, these things didn't happen in a corner. You know, a, a characteristic of good understanding is prudence. And for prudence can be defined as circumspect, which means to be cautious or well-considered. In other words, she had well-considered all this. She had, you know, to consider something means you're going to search it out. You're going you're to seek the truth. You're going to ask honest questions to know the truth. And that was Abigail. 
She searched it out. She considered this. Now, Nabal was a man who thought he already knew. He wasn't interested in what anybody else thought. He was only interested in his own interests. And it didn't matter whether they were right or wrong. You know, Psalm 111 verse 2 says, The works of the Lord are great, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. If you don't have pleasure in obeying the Lord, you will not seek out what the truth is. In other words, if you don't want to do it, you're not going to search out to try and figure out what it is. You're just going to maintain that you're right and God is wrong, which is what Nabal did. I mean, this was, this was obvious to anybody that was considered this thing, that David was being sought unjustly, you know, hunted like a flea, and, 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 and uh, you know, that he had served Saul faithfully, that he had been anointed a king, that Saul had been set aside. Even Jonathan declared it, Saul's own son. So again, this wasn't something that could not be known. It was easily known if you wanted to know it. Therein is the problem, if you want to know it. You know, the truth can be known if you want to know it. But that brings us to a third thing. This is why she knew it. She received wise counsel, even from a servant. Now, let's think about this. Verse 14 through 17. One of the young men. So, so David came... And made a request to Nabal. You know, this is, you know, you know, David being in a situation he's in, you know, this isn't wrong for him to come and ask for help or provisions, especially when he's done somebody a service. You know, yeah, it wasn't something that he asked for, but it did benefit. You have to understand, this benefited Nabal. To have this protection. You know, even the, the servant says here, in verse 15, the men were very good unto us, and we, hurt, we were not hurt. Neither missed we anything as long as we conversant with them when we were in the fields. They were a wall unto us both by night and day. So they had benefited from, from David's man. But, but notice, notice how the counsel that, that, that Abigail receives, verse 14. One of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers of the willows to salute our master, and he railed on them. In other words, he understood that what Absalom or, or Nabal's response was just plain wrong. It was evil. But the men were very good unto us, and we're not, we were not hurt. Neither missed we anything as long as we were conversant with them. When we were in the fields, they were wall unto us both by night and day, all the while we were with them, keeping the sheep. Now therefore, so he's giving her counsel, now therefore know and consider what thou wilt do. For evil is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a son of Belial. He's such a son of the devil. That's really what that means, of the evil one. That a man cannot speak to him. So this was a guy that nobody could tell anything. He already, he already thought he knew everything. He wasn't interested in anybody else's opinion or advice. But that's not Abigail. This is a servant. 
a young man who would be under her authority, under Nabal's authority, under her authority, and she comes to him with this counsel um, to, to help her uh, in this situation. Yeah, he says, know and consider. He says, trouble is coming unless something is done. Now, he doesn't tell her what to do. He just tells her the situation. Yeah, she could have said, like some people do, you have no right to try and tell me what you think is right and wrong. You have no right to tell me what is right for my life. It's my life. I'll do what I want. That was Nabal's attitude. Go to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs 1 and verse 5 says, A wise man will hear, or a wise person will listen, and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Now, we said that understanding means to have good sense. So, a person with good sense is going to attain wise counsels. So, um, a wise man is somebody who listens to others. He listens. Now, we're all accountable and responsible to make our own decisions. But we'd be very wise if we listen to the counsel of others. You know, we've got a lot of multitude of counselors in the, in the Bible. And, and, of course, there's people that, you know, there, there's people that I listen to about different things. If I want to know something about raising birds, I would talk to Dave Welch. If I want to know something about working at the city, I would talk to Howard or Chris. If I want to know something about uh, backflows, I'd talk to Robert. Now, if I have a question about building, I talk to Nathan. Uh, you know, you, you receive counsel from many persons for different subjects. But a wise person listens. He listens. Look at verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And, you know, it is not that wisdom and understanding is not available. Nobody can say, well, nobody ever told me. Look at verse 20. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief places of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In this city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity, and the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate Knowledge. The reason why fools remain fools is because they hate knowledge. They don't want anybody giving them instructions or counsel. They want to do things their own way. It's 
It's not wanted because of a rebellious heart against the Lord and those in authority. Because it goes against their way of thinking or their desires or it's considered foolish or extreme or just, you just want to control my life. Nabal wasn't having anybody telling him what to do. And he wasn't giving up his stuff. Anybody, he didn't care who it was. Fourth thing. She demonstrated confidence. So she received wise counsel, even from a servant. She demonstrated confidence in God to fulfill his promise to David. Notice verse 28 and through 30 again. It says, I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thy handmaid, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fighteth the battles of the Lord. And evil hath not been found in thee all thy days. Yet a man has risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul, but the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God, and the souls of thine enemies, them shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. It shall come to pass, and the Lord shall have done to my Lord according to all the good that he hath spoken concerning thee, and shall appoint thee ruler over Israel, that this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of heart unto my Lord. Either thou hast shed blood causeless, or that my Lord hath avenged himself. When the Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord, then remember thine handmaid. You see, she, demonst- she demonstrated that she had confidence in God to fulfill his promise state. Now, understand, from external appearances, it really doesn't look all that great for David. I mean, he's been anointed king, but he's been exiled. He's been run out of the land. He's had to flee like a bird. He doesn't have a massive army to defend himself. He has to go into hiding in the rocks and the cliffs and you know in, in the in the mountains and to, to get away from Saul. He's running for his life constantly. Doesn't look all that great. I mean, the multitude of Israel is still following Saul. And after all, David had a chance to kill him, and he didn't. But that didn't matter because she knew what God had promised. And she had confidence in what God promised. Even though the circumstances don't look good for the situation. See, it's not what the circumstances are. It's what the promise of God is. And that's what we need to rely on. She had confidence in the word of God. And, and by the way, all other issues in our lives stem from this very thing. I've become more and more convinced of it the longer I pastor. That if we have confidence in the word of God and will trust, that means we will trust what the word of God says. All the other issues in our life will write themselves. Will write themselves. You know, if a person has confidence in the word of God, they will not live in fear. Proverbs 14.26 says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Psalm 27.1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
If God is your confidence, who are you going to fear? You know, Paul said in Romans, who can, what can separate us from the love of God? We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. And if a person has confidence in the Word of God, they will be at peace and rest even in troubling circumstances. Now that takes great confidence in the Word of the Lord. And this was Abigail. She was in a bad situation. Bad relationship. But... She was at rest. She had confidence in God. She believed his promises. She believed that, that God was going to put David on the throne and that God would be, or that David would be the one, uh, under the, by the power of God to sling out the enemies of Israel. To conquer their enemies. You notice he says in verse 30, when the Lord shall have done to my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning thee. Lord, she was sure that God would fulfill the promises he made to David. And that Saul would be, would die or removed and David would be, would be king. She had confidence in that. See, she had, she was at peace and rest even in these troubling circumstances. Uh, look at Psalm 37. Psalm 37 and verse 1. Psalm 37, verse 1, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of the nickers. She wasn't fretting about it. She believed that God was going to bring this promise to David to pass. And she said to David, when he does, don't forget about me. Remember me. Remember me. See, she believed that God was going to intervene for her as well. Uh... Verse 7, rest in the Lord, Psalm 37, 7, rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him, fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. You know, Nabal was a prosperous man. But God took care of Nabal. And I'll say a little bit more about that later here. But, but she said, fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Uh, I was going to read all, all verse 8. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not thyself on any wise to do evil. Evildoers shall be cut off. Verse 9. Those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth for yet a little while. And the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Verse 31. Um, I'm sorry. Verse 31. Yeah. She, again, in, in 1 Samuel 25, in verse 31, she reminds David that when he, when the Lord, the end of that verse, when the Lord shall have dealt well with thy Lord. She's already calling him her Lord. She's recognizing him as her king, as her rightful king. Then remember thine handmaid. So when God fulfills his promise, which I am certain, she says, she is certain that he will. And remember me. And then finally, she acted with wisdom 
by the direction of a faithful servant and behalf of her drunk husband in her household. Verse 32 says, And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. Blessed be thy advice. Blessed be thou, which thou hast, hast kept me this day from coming to shed blood, from avenging myself with thine own hand. For in very deed, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, which hath kept me back from hurting thee, except thou hast hasted and come to meet me, surely there hath not been left unto Nabal by the morning light any that pisseth against the wall. So David perceived of her hand that which she brought him, said unto her, Go up in peace to thine house. See, I have hearkened to thy voice, and have accepted thy person. And Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he held a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him. He was very drunken. Wherefore she told him nothing less or more until the morning light. But it came to pass in the morning, when the wine had gone out of Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him, and he became as a stone. It came to pass about ten days after that the Lord smote Nabal, and he died. Now, this is not an act of rebellion against her husband, but she acted on his behalf for his protection and the protection of their, their lives. You know, in this drunken state, she was left without headship, without leadership. You know, this brings to mind, I remember a pastor saying one time, I think it was at my ordination, and he was talking about husband-life relationship, and he says, you know, the wife come to him complaining about her husband, and she said, he says, his counsel is, look, if your husband wants to be a thistlehead, just stay out of the way and let God hit him. This is really what she did. She didn't try to correct him. She didn't try to make him something he didn't want to be, you know, berate him. She, she, all she did was, after she did it, she told him what she did. And God took care of her. And because she was of good understanding, that is, she was one who sought counsel of God, of those around her, for direction for daily life. She was given wisdom. Notice, the servant didn't tell her what to do. He just says, verse 17, Now therefore know and consider what thou wilt do. For evil is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a son of Belial that a man cannot speak unto him. No, he didn't tell her what to do. He just told her what the situation was, and she said, you need to consider what to do. But see, if you're one that seeks the wisdom of God on a daily basis, when you need help from God, he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. When Daniel needed wisdom to know what to do, he knew what to do. You know why? Because he had purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. In other words, he had purposed in his heart he was going to be faithful to God. He was going to seek the wisdom of God and seek the blessing of God. And he was not going to sin against his God. 
And when he needed wisdom to know what to do, God gave it to him. God gave it to him. You know, that's how, that's how life works. That's how the Christian life works. You remember the, the, the servant of Abraham. You know, Abraham tells him, you're to go to the land of my kindred and get me a wife, get a wife for my son Isaac. And so he obeys, he does what Abraham says, and he goes to the land of Nahar, and he kneels down at a wall, a well, and he says, he said, he's praying, and he says this, I being in the way the Lord led me. And then he prays this specific prayer uh, for the wife, for the woman he wants as a wife for Isaac. And Rebecca shows up, she just happens to show up, of course, and does everything he prayed for. You see, he was seeking wisdom as to the right woman to pick. And because he was in the way, the Lord led him, the Lord gave him the right choice. But if you know, if we want to be like Nabal, we don't seek the Lord. We won't know. Nabal didn't know. He was ignorant. Like a lot of Americans are ignorant of truth because they want to be. You know, if you want to know the truth, if you want to walk in the truth, if you want to have wisdom for life, you have to be seeking it and obeying what you know is right right now. And so Abigail acted in wisdom because that's how she lived life. She had good understanding. She sought the wisdom of God for her circumstances. And it made her a woman of great impact on those around her. Preserving life, bringing joy, not only to her own heart, but to those whom she served and ministered to. You know, if we seek the Lord's wisdom, seek his good sense, you know, it'll bring joy to our heart. And God will use us to be an encouragement, to bring joy and comfort to those to whom we minister as well. So may we be like Abigail, who was a woman of good understanding. Would it be said of you that you have good understanding, good sense?